You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, as we start Hour of Two, Hour Two of Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross here with you, along with Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, pleased to be coming to you from our Grand Fork studios, where actually the sun is peeking out. We had a snow shower earlier, so it's this time of year where it's called the spring. weather... It's right, called spring in Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> the weather can bring anything and everything, and I think there was a wind advisory, at least in some parts of North Dakota, but once again, we call that spring, right? <laughs> because right. every day, it seems like like there could be at least a wind advisory. But uh, we have with us um, one of these great people who is really in the trenches when it comes to faith formation um, on the parish level. And so we want to turn right away to her. Christy Untersayer, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you very much. We heard a little bit of a sneak preview of you uh, as we uh, pulled you into a question that we were uh, discussing during Straight Talk. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? We understand that you... um, ended up in North Dakota from a very different part of the country. You're right. I grew up in Chicago, and um, after college, I became a focused missionary. My second year on staff, they sent me to North Dakota. I had to look up where North Dakota was (laughs) on the map. (laughs) Uh, Buy a warmer winter coat. Yeah, yeah. we've heard all of those things before. (laughs) Yes, but little did I know that it's the promised land, so I have stuck around, fallen in love with the state and the area, the people here. Um, and I've been here for 13 years now. This is where I met my husband, uh, Jake. We've been married for nine years, and we have four children with one on the way. And um, Congratulations. I, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I am the currently the DRE at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Reynolds, North Dakota. Which is just off of I, uh, Interstate 29, about uh, 20 miles south of Grand Forks. Yes, yep. Very good. So um, now what we're going to be talking about is the specific experience that we have here in the Diocese of Fargo and in, if my recollection is correct, as statistics, about a third of the dioceses, give or take, in the United States, which have um, uh, the restored order of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. So uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about that uh, method and that experience uh, with, within your parish? Right. So restored order of the sacraments means that um, children receive baptism as infants and then they receive confirmation, followed by First Holy Communion at the age of reason. Um, most reconciliation the prior, prior yes. year during the second grade year. Yeah, we receive reconciliation during the second grade year to prepare mm-hmm. for those sacraments of initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us, especially of my generation, have do not have that experience in our lives. We received First Holy Communion and Reconciliation probably in second or third grade, and then we went on to receive confirmation in high school. So this is quite different for most of us. However, we're actually in the majority of the whole span of the history of the, or in the minority, excuse me, of the whole span of the history of the church, because um, until very recently, the sacraments were always kept baptism, then confirmation and then First Holy Communion. Recently being 1903. Yes. <laughs> up, up until 1903, we always were confirmed before we received First Eucharist. And right. That, that was St. Pius X, who he put out this document wanting to increase the reception of communion. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he assumed that we were going to bring the sacrament confirmation along with it, but he died shortly after that, and it was never addressed until Vatican II. Mm-hmm. At Vatican II, they said, 
look, we really need to restore this. That's why it's called restore, to put make sure confirmation happens prior. And then Father Gross, you said about a third of the diocese. So it's been a slow slogging mm -hmm. process. When yeah. we had Bishop Aquila here, when he was, he, his background was sacraments. And so one of his key things was, hey, let's get the restored order here. He's done it now in the Archdiocese mm -hmm. of Denver as well. Yeah. In, in the early church, the dioceses were much smaller geographically speaking, and it was a very feasible for the bishop as the chief shepherd of the diocese to confirm in short order those who were baptized. So that logistical uh, you know, uh, fact kind of altered the way things had been experienced, at least in uh, some prior generations. And um, when, when you look at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in terms of, you know, the, the regulation, they can't override what an individual bishop, you know, decides to do on this, but they basically say that the appropriate, in quotes, uh, age of confirmation for those baptized as infants is within the range of ages 7 to 18. Well, that doesn't That's, really narrow things you know, down. It's very large I, I, See, I'm jealous of my mom. She's Ukrainian Catholic, so eight days after she was born, she mm -hmm. was baptized, re confirmed, received her first Eucharist, you know, so no, Chrissy, what's the advantage, or what why is this a good thing or why should this be the normal way or wh I mean what do you have to say about that for the children and what what mm -hmm. what di what difference does it make well first the first thing to acknowledge is what confirmation actually is confirmation is the completion of baptism and together baptism and confirmation point us to the final sacrament of initiation which is the Eucharist baptism and confirmation actually prepare our hearts through the gifts of the Holy Spirit to receive our Lord more fully in communion so that is the first major um, gift that we're giving children through the restored order is that we're actually preparing their hearts more fully to receive the Lord in Holy Communion. Um, the second thing to think about is what the gifts or what confirmation actually accomplishes in our lives. Now sacraments are efficacious signs of grace that confer the grace they signify. That means they actually do something in our life. They're not just milestones. They're not just symbols. They actually change us spiritually. So the gift of confirmation, um, according to the catechism, this is paragraph 1303, confirmation roots us more deeply in the divine filiation, which makes us cry, Abba, Father. It unites us more firmly to Christ. It increases the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us. It renders our bond with the church more perfect. It gives us special strength to spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ, to confess the name of Christ boldly, and to never be ashamed of the cross. So Those, no, That's no, powerful. Okay, so what, what I just heard you say is this, because oftentimes people will say, wait a minute, um, confirmation is a sacrament of maturity now and so therefore you shouldn't get it until you're more mature but in reality what you just said the sacrament is the sacrament of maturity but it's the maturity of the holy spirit the right. gifts maturing in the person it's not necessarily a statement about how mature the person themselves right are. and it's not a physical maturity it's definitely the holy spirit bringing that maturity about within mm -hmm. the person so actually giving a child confirmation, allowing a child to go through that at a young age prepares them so much more for a life of faith. It actually helps them to grow from an earlier age, to use those gifts of the Holy Spirit at an earlier age, to bear fruit of the Holy Spirit at an earlier age, to help them in their journey of Christian life. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes we say, oh, well, you can't receive this until you're mature. Well, that's like asking a plant to grow without sunlight. The Holy Spirit is the sunlight that helps us to grow in the life of faith and mature in the life of faith. 
And if we're not going to allow the children to have that fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're actually holding them back from a relationship with the Lord. Now, because we we're so short in time and I just want to get all this stuff in there, can you give us, from your experience, actually doing this with the kids and so forth, why is this a good thing? What have you seen in the children? Does it actually work better confirming them younger or is it, or is it a bad thing that we're mm-hmm. confirming? Just on the practical experience level. Yeah, I've worked with um, all ages of sacraments. Um, I have worked with adults coming into the church as well as um, high schoolers. And so I've seen a number of things. What I've noticed most profoundly is that third graders are probably the most spiritually open to receiving the Holy Spirit. That age of reason, they are just ripe for understanding spiritual things. And actually, I was reading recently Maria Montessori. She is a child psychologist, and she has developed the Montessori method of education. Um, I was reading some things on her spiritual side, and she said that, that that age of like three to six and six to nine are the most um, ripe for spiritual relationship with the Lord. Not only do they are they open to it, they actually desire it. They have a hunger and Um, I have definitely seen that in my experience with the kids. Three or four years later, you can see that they're already so worried about the world and what people think of them that they start to shut down. Mm -hmm. By high school, high schoolers are often not open to the Holy Spirit at all because they are so surrounded by the the world and all of the, the junk that they've been given in the world that they they just don't have the capacity to receive the Holy Spirit in a profound way anymore, which is sad. Um, but it shows that if we catch them when they're young <laughs> and really give them those gifts from the beginning, it actually bears more fruit later on in life. So for those who are just joining us here on Real Presence Live, we are visiting with Christy Untersayer, who is a DRE at a local parish in the Diocese of Fargo, talking about the restored order of the sacraments of initiation. Now, not to be a fly in the ointment, but... Uh, but be a fly in the ointment. Yes, okay. go ahead. <laughs> um, one of the concerns, at least in terms of on a family level, is that there will be people who will conclude, my, ch- my son or daughter is confirmed, he or she has graduated as a third grader. And so how do you um, work with families to try to convince them to remain engaged in faith formation, even though they've crossed the finish line of confirmation, <laughs> so to speak? Right. That stems from a misunderstanding of the sacrament in that you it's a reward for the work you've done or that it's a completion yeah. of Or like of a sociological education. rite of passage or right. something. Yeah. Which is not what it, that is. The sacrament is a free gift. We don't, we don't deserve it. We don't earn it in any way. Um, and in fact, we don't even really choose it. We receive it. Um, but I understand that parents definitely want their children to keep practicing the faith and or you know, we want them to continue on in their education. So this is a concern. I will say that um, children whose parents are practicing the faith don't leave religious education after third grade. The difference is that their parents know that your religious education does not end. Hopefully they know that it does not end forever. Like you're always growing and, and, Right. need to be instructed in yeah. the faith. You know, a third grader does math, but the third grader doesn't do trigonometry. So <laughs> you right. have to kind of keep things going, you know. Right. And parents don't allow their children to choose whether or not they're going to go to school. So <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to go to mm-hmm. school. That's part of your education. So parents oh. need to continue to 
have their children going to religious education and they themselves need to continue in their own religious education and that really makes the difference the life of the child at home what is being lived out at home is the way to keep children engaged in the faith so you're you're touching on this very core thing which is the catholic church holds the parents are the primary educators of their mm-hmm. children in the ways of faith and i Domestic said and, and, and all other things so how important in this however these sacraments get communicated sh- should it just be the ch- local church who's doing it or what's the role of the parents in the actual communication of the sacraments Parents are essential in handing on the faith of the the church in all areas, but especially in sacraments. Sacraments are very relational. It's the Lord coming to relate to us. It's the way that we receive the divine life of grace. So our experience of of sacraments as a family is essential because otherwise we start to separate out and we misunderstand what the sacraments are. Um, So I definitely focus on working with the parents um, and feeding the parents and, and giving them their, their spiritual formation so that they can hand it on to their children. So in everything that I do, I'm engaging the parents almost more so than the children. <laughs> um, because if right. the parents are handing it on and living it out at home, that's going to be far more impact than a one-hour-a-week class. Right. In fact, there are mandated parent sessions for the policy of the uh, right. uh, policy in our diocese for each sacrament that their son or daughter is to receive. Right. And that's to help the parents understand what their child is going through, what the sacrament is. Um, I, I often, after a session, my parents are always amazed. I didn't learn this when I was little. I, I was completely engaged in you teaching my children. And, and they get excited, and then they want to learn more with their child. And then they're willing to do the preparation and work with their child. And it's very engaging for the entire family. Well, again, Christy, we're uh, grateful to have had you here with us. Sorry, we're going to have to take our leave, but we want to uh, thank you for spending some time with us here in studio. Blessings to your family and in your ministry. Thank you very much. Well, up next, it's our 10-minute tour of local events. Travel with us as we hear about some of the great things happening in your local parishes. And later, we will take a few minutes to pray for your specific intentions during Prayerfully Yours, and we will also update this coming Sunday's uh, scripture readings. Plenty more real presence live to come. Please stay with us.